0: Good morning, I'm Catherine Groff, and these are my kids, Vivian, Andrew, and Todd, and we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 13, and then Andrew's going to tell you where he's reading from. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... It profits me nothing.
1: Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave ruefully. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease; Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prof- and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come... Then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abides in faith, hope, and love; these three. But the greatest of these is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves God is born of God, and everyone who oh, he who does not love God, love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, John, First John 7 through 11. 4, 7 through
0: 11. We give you praise for your word that is, has been read to us that reminds us who you are that reminds us what you have for us thank you for um your word which is true whether it comes from a baby's mouth or it comes from an adult's mouth but it is true so we thank you and we give you praise in jesus name amen thank you graphics for reading for us uh can i have all my goffy shirts stand up so we can pray for you and send you out to go and have fun in your classes and learn and enjoy. And we shall pray a blessing upon you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you grace. And I I want you to remember this. We want the Lord's face to shine upon you and give you grace. All right, have a good day and God bless you. For those of you who were here last week, you would remember that we uh, talked a little bit about about what it looks like when jesus said a new commandment i've given you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another that's john chapter 13 and we had that last week am i right the previous week we had as well the whole idea of that we are a body And we are together, and we grow together, and we serve together, and we live together. So I just want to give you a quick recap so you understand where we are at. And today we are speaking about, we we spoke about that we're going to be walking through the one another's. And so the first one another that we're going to speak about today is actually again love one another. And I know some of you are like, oh, I thought we heard about that yesterday, last week. Yes, you did. But I want to go into detail because I am looking at love not just as how we know it. The word love has been chippened a lot in our society. The word love in our society has been made to be the feelings that we get. (laughs) And actually the love that we're going to speak about today is the love of the will that you choose to love and so we're going to go through that later together but i just want us to think about this and as well as we walk through one another's one of the important things and the main reason why we're going through first corinthians 13 for every sunday that i'm going to be preaching while ryan is away as i walk through one another's is because first corinthians 13 speaks about the love of god and this love one another is the foundation for all the other one another's We cannot be patient with one another if we don't love one another. We cannot be considerate of one another if we don't love one another. There are about 50-something one another, so I'm not going to go through all of them. But we cannot be any of those if we don't have the foundation of loving one another. So I'm going to take this time to walk through that so that we know what we're doing. This kind of love that we're talking about is an antidote to selfishness we are people who are born with selfishness we are born in sin of selfishness of me a little baby you don't teach a child to be selfish but you unteach them to be selfish am i right because the first time they get candy it's mine i'm not sharing it nobody has taught them that but then you get to teach them you can share it's okay to share it is better to share you are unteaching that selfishness. It's one of the sins that the enemy uses a lot. When he's when he's when he was speaking to Adam, uh, to Eve, sorry, he said, "This will be good for you because you will." He didn't say because we will or because they will. He said because you will. He fed that selfishness of ego of me. I want, I want, I want. And this love that we are talking about is an antidote to that selfishness. But this love, again, as we spoke last week, is an ant- Two weeks ago. I'm going to keep on saying last week because I didn't speak last week. I spoke two weeks ago. Is an antidote to the inferiority complex that we have. Oh, my gift is not as big as so and so. So I feel like I am not that useful. Or oh, the, the, oh, the the opposite of that, which is superiority, that says, oh yeah, I have a gift, and my gift makes me speak in front of people. So I am Sims, and I've got a big head, and I think I'm better than so-and-so. And that's exactly what we're talking about. This kind of love is an antidote to that. It helps us to not fall into those traps as we go. Love, as we see it described by Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, as I've said, covers all that we need. It guides us through all the one another's. And today we read as well, 1 John 4, 7 through 11. And most of you know 1 John 4, 7 through 8, am I right? Beloved, let us love one another. Most of you know the song and they love it. And it's one of the beautiful songs we we would sing when we were young in Sunday school and all that. So it felt good and awesome. But did we realize what it meant? What that love that we had there meant, what it talked about. So I'm going to we have read through First Corinthians 13, so I'm not gonna read it again. But I want you to know that this is one of the chapters that we love to read in the Bible. At weddings, um, almost everywhere, it's like a chapter that is well known. Even people who are not believers, if you'd ask them, what should a Christian be like? They should love because they know the love chapter. It's a great chapter. It's something that we talk about. It's a chapter of beauty. But there are a few things that we need to watch out for as we think about this chapter of beauty, and I'm going to come to them. But I want to go back again to last week and remind us, two weeks ago, sorry, that we identified the idea that we are called and we are given gifts not for display, but for us to be able to benefit one another that whatever gift we have is there to benefit the body whatever the gift the hand has it scratches the head it ties my shoelaces it does all the other things that my foot could not do so whatever gift i have which looks more like my fingernail which actually does the scratching it's a gift. And so all the legal gifts, the legal things that we seem to forget about are important even in the body of Christ. We noted a few words when we spoke two weeks ago. We noted unity, multiple, diverse, and different. We spoke of fellowship, divine arrangement, divine order, identity, and responsibility. Those are the seven things we discovered and talked about two weeks ago. So I want you to see that in the church of Corinth, why those things were important for Paul to note out, as we spoke about earlier, it is because there was division. So for us to understand why Paul writes what he writes to the Corinthians, we need to first have an idea of what was happening in Corinth at that time. In Corinth at that time, there was division, there was strife each person thought i have a gift that is better than so and so so i think i'm better than so and so my giftedness i can sing and so and so can't sing so they're not important i can preach so so and so can't preach so they're not important i can I, so many things i can prophesy i can do all the th- these things and so paul writes this letter as part of us answering that question of gifts and working together at the body In chapter, and we see he puts chapter 13 to be the sandwich between the gifts and the body. And we spoke about that last week. I haven't started the sermon yet. I'm just recapping so that we know where we are. So he sandwiches this chapter 13 that we're going to walk through in between those two. We see that in Romans 2 when he speaks about the spiritual gifts and the body. The next thing that he speaks about is love one another. And so it reminds us that our giftings, as important as they can be, they are void without love. When we talk about a Bologna, uh, uh, like, let's say we talk about um, um, peanut butter sandwich. Why do we call it peanut butter sandwich? Because there is peanut butter in between. Am I right? if it doesn't have peanut butter should we call it a peanut butter sandwich same thing so the love chapter there becomes a sandwich which is the most important thing in between so it tells us that if first corinthians 13 is divorced from the immediacy of the surroundings of the time that paul was speaking to and also divorced from first corinthians 12 and first corinthians 14 then it is impossible to apply it correctly we need to look at these two, and then we would know how to apply this that is in the center. So in conclusion, last week we said, two weeks ago, we said the, answer, the essence of the church is not its programs, buildings, achievements, reputation, institutional greatness, its formal constitutional doctrinal clarity, which is important, but the issue of the church is a spiritual life. And the oxygen of that spiritual life is the love for God. And for one another. Without that, we are useless. So I'm gonna go now into the sermon. Praise the Lord. I think you've caught up. All right, so there are three types of love that we find in the Greek, and I wanna express that because our English language has just put love as one thing. I know the King James Version uses charity. Uh, but we're going to go with love that we have in the new king james that i'm reading from and most of the other bibles that we read from so there three different types of love the first one is eros which speaks of romantic love which speaks of the love that is between me and my jennifer that's that's eros that's the the love of couples the love that is romantic and, and I want, maybe before I even go into this, I want you to think about this. We say, um, I love God. I love Jen. I love carrot cake. I love my children. I love my friend, Ben. And we use this word for all these things. But are all these things in the same level? Do I love carrot cake as the same as I love Jen, my wife? So we we use this word. If somebody said yes, you've got a problem. (laughs) If we use this word, we use just love, we just use it. It's love. It means I like. And that's not what love means in this chapter. So I want to differentiate that. So the first... Place that we see love is erotic love, which we see a lot. Speaking about sexual love and all those things, um, teens don't worry about that when it doesn't involve you as yet. <laughs> then the second type of love is storge, and storge speaks of family love. It speaks of love amongst family members. As I was sitting with my wife, I. I say to her, I wonder, I see uh, some of uh, Ann Graham's kids are sitting at the back and the last born who came in late is sitting next to mom. (laughs) So the love of a family. So we see these things and the love of being together as a family. That's what it talks about. It talks about a love between a parent and a child, between family members together. That's the type of love. Then the third love that we find is the way we come where we have the where the name of a city that we call city of brother love what is it called philadelphia where it comes from so philia is the love brotherly affection the love that i have for ben is philia because he's my friend with friendship and affection deep friendship deep partnership and then the final one which is the most important one that we're going to talk about today is the love of god which is agape agape is a different type of love it is a love of god that goes without changing it does not change it is the same through all situations god loves me when i'm standing up here preaching god loves me when i'm in deep sin I'm going to say it again because maybe it might shock some of you. God loves me still when I'm in deep sin. I might let go of him, but he is always longing because he loves me. So I want to to remind you that this is a love that does not change. It is self-giving love. Self-giving love that does not demand to be loved back. It is the love that is given selflessly and does not demand that you love me back. As people we love, you should love me back. I showed them love and they didn't show me love, so I'm done with them. How many times have we said that in our hearts? And even sometimes said it loud. I've been kind to them and they have not been kind to me. So I'm done being kind. But this love that we're talking about is a love that does not demand or expect repayment. It is also a love that is given to the person who is being loved, whether they are lovable or unlovable, whether they are appealing or unappealing. This love is a love where we love despite the person that we are loving. God loves us and he loved us. He loved us first. God loves us and he loved those people who were betraying his son, going crucify him. He loved them. Even through that. So this is the type of love that they're speaking about here. They were not appealing. They would not be appealing to me. Some people were saying about my Nziga boy, crucify Nziga. I would not be loving and it won't be appealing to me to love them. But God's in that situation still loved. And his love was not changed by that. And then the other thing that we need to think about is that that agape love is a love that loves because it wants to it's not an obligation sometimes we love out of obligation but this love that God is talking about is a love that does that because it wants to it does not do it so that it would receive it does it because it wants to the biblical love which is agape is a love of choice it's a choice but also it is a true mark of a believer because when we come to him what does corinthians tell us that all things have passed away and behold all things have become new we are born again so that means we have the nature of god alive in us so we are able to love the way that he loved we are able to choose to love the way that he loves and i want us to realize that this love of god transcends all the other human ideas that we saw of love and even some of the ideas, and not all those ideas came from humans, but also they are God, because God created families, God created romantic love, God created all those things. But it, it This kind of love transcends everything else. It is above all, so it should not be confused with anything else. Another thing to think about is that this love proceeds from the nature of the lover, not from the merit in the beloved it's a love that comes from the nature of god not because we have done something or we have behaved in a certain way to attain it there is no need for attainment for this kind of love it comes from the nature of god what we do is our response is to receive this love and that's the love that we are talking about today As humans, we tend to love people in response to what we see, whether the person is lovely or not. When they are not lovely anymore, we don't love them anymore. But God is calling us to a different level of loving people. It's a basic Christian character to be a person of agape love. But not only that, it is essential for the growth of our family as a church together if we love one another. So First John 4, 7, and 8, it speaks about the, the, the word there that is used, beloved, let us love one another. In Greek it would be beloved, let us agapiho one another. Meaning, let us love one another with God's love. It speaks of being welcoming. It speaks of being fond of each other. It speaks of loving dearly and deeply of each other. That's what we are called to. John Scott, um, he is uh, a theologian from the UK who died recently in 2011. It was said he was old, but it was really sad to um, hear about it because he has written a lot, which has been really good and helpful for me. So he says, agape love, he's speaking about agape love. He says, it is the servant of the will, not the victim of the emotions. When we love God's love way, it's not a victim of the emotions, but it is a servant of the will because we choose, we will to love those people. My mother-in-law loves Tosa, so I thought I should check what Tosa says about this. Tosa says in his um, in his um, in his talk about this First Corinthians thirteen, he says, "You can." You can will. You can. We are able to. He says, You can will to love people. Love is not a feeling, love is a willing. And the Lord says to love people. He did not mean to merely feel love for them. My other favorite preacher, Tony. Tony Evans says biblical love is a choice to do good for one for another person regardless of what we feel it is a decision again decision it's a will to compassionately and righteously pursue the betterment of another person this is why you can even love your enemies according to christ's command because it's not based on a feeling it's based on a choice that we make Therefore, I want us to notice that life in the Christian church, in the family of God, if we have a life together that is de- de- that is devoid of this love, that does not have this kind of love, it is not just nothing. It is worse than nothing because it is harmful. For a church to go on and do what we do without this kind of love, it is just not nothing. It is not just like... Well, it's nothing. It is harmful because it destroys God's people. We can have the most extravagant ways of showing gifts. We can prophesy until we stand on our heads. We can speak in tongues and roll here and make all this noise and ruckus. But if there is no love in it, it means nothing. It is actually harmful. It is not helpful at all. I think, in a way, Paul here is saying to the Corinthians, I don't care what kind of gift you have. I don't care if it's a big gift or it's better than so and so or whatever. What I care about, if it's devout of God's love, it is useless and it causes harm. So don't qualify your viability in the church in terms of your gift. Qualify your viability in the church in terms of how you love well. And then your gift will be used in love. Paul makes these three strong statements as we come to verse 4 going forward of 1 Corinthians 13. Number one, he says, without love, I am a noisy nuisance. Without love, I am just a gong. Imagine if we had a gong here and I kept... you'll be frustrated by the end of the day somebody will be like shut him up (laughs) he's making so much noise it's unworth of us listening that's exactly what happens when we exercise our gifts without love that's what paul says don't throw tomatoes at me throw them at paul that's what he says he says these gifts if they are not used in a way that is, that is love, they are a noisy nonsense in the church. When love is not there, the impact of the gift is negative in the church. So that is why Jesus said, the commandment that I give you is that you love one another. And this is the type of love that he is talking about. Great gifts minus the agape love, It is chaos in the church. Secondly, Paul says that without this love, I am nothing. When we exercise the gifts that God has given us in the church, without love, we cause harm to the church of God. I want you to mark that. We cause harm to who? To the church of God. Who is the church of God? It is the apple of his eye we cause harm to it and we expect him to be happy about it. So actually, it doesn't just cause harm, but I'm sure it is offensive to him if we are poking his bride, it would be offensive to him. And so I want to encourage us as Broadway that may we be a church that is known for our agape love, not only for God, but for one another. Our love Stands as broadway should be like a cross that we love god there's a love relationship between us and god but somewhere up here there's a love between one another and the sweet spot is where the gifts are practiced in the center it is useless to say oh my relationship with god is fine and my relationship with my brothers and sisters is not fine you don't have a full cross and I want to encourage us to be the church that does that. Realize that when we neglect this love for one another that he's called us to, we become offensive because we are hateful to his bride. In When there's absence of love, there's ineffectiveness in the church. We become ineffective. Jesus says that, that's how the world will know that you're my disciples when you love one another the church is effective when it's known that they are disciples of jesus that's the role of the church is to lift him up so he will draw many to himself and so how do we lift how do we become that city on a hill How do we become the salt that brings out God's flavors in people's lives? It is the way of this agape love. Without it, we are not the salt. Without it, we are offensive. The test which God applies to our ministry as a church, the test which God applies to the gifts that he has given us, if we are using them well, if we are using these talents well, it is love. It is the motivation of our hearts. I was listening um, some time ago to, uh, to one preacher, and he, he made a good example that I want to steal. He said, it, and I'll do the same thing that he did. So if you've got a pen in front of you and a paper, paper, I want you to write one, and then I want you to write zero, zero, zero. And then write again, zero, zero, zero how much is that sorry i i can't hear you one million that's a that's a huge number all right then i want you to scrape out the one how much is that how much was that sorry zero when we have scratched out the love of god we might have nine other gifts who might have nine other things that we're doing, programs that we're doing, but when we have scratched out that loving one another, that agape love, we unmount to zero. We may have 20,000 zeros, and we are left with zero. So I want to encourage us to see how important the loving one another is in what we do as a church. The third thing that he says is that without love... I cannot make it. He speaks about even if I get my body bent, even if I give myself. We 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 love to hear the stories of like people like Hudson who gave their lives to missions work. Those are inspiring stories. We love to hear stories of people who give their lives. It's amazing, people who leave their jobs. In the comfort of the u.s and go out into the jungle and live at a bare minimum we hear about our missionaries that we read on the board there we hear about our ex-missionaries i saw catherine this morning i thought of this who could have sat here in the states and made money We hear all those things and we are excited and we we are inspiring. But I want you to realize this. But all that, Paul says, that having given all that without the love that God requires of it, it is nothing. We cannot make it. So martyrdom without love is useless. It's just death which is sad to hear, and it's sobering to hear, but it's what we need to hear so we understand the importance of that call to love one another because we are called to do that as the church. We cannot love the world when we have not started loving one another in here. Charity begins at home. That's a saying that we have in South Africa. I don't know if you use that here charity begins at home it's an english saying and i want to remind you that the love that we need to show people starts here we grow in that love here amongst each other and that love helps us to a point that when somebody is working through that when somebody comes in and they are learning what it means to love and they stumble and fall we don't get offended in here what do we do we love them and pick them up And say, well done, you did well in that, that, that. You did not do well here. You can do well and you can go on. That's the love that we are called to. And as we speak about one another, we would realize that's considering one another. That's encouraging one another. That's sparing one another on in truth. That's what the love one another means. Love is that one meaningful and needful thing in the church. That if we don't have it, we are useless. The gifts that we have cannot make up for failing in love. The church cannot be kept together by gifts. The gifts are are there to keep the church together, but they cannot do that when there is not love in the church. A church that might not have any manifest gifts, but love one another, they are still a gift to God. Than a church that has all the gifts, and they don't love one another. Because what do they do? They do exactly what Paul speaks to the Galatians, and says, foolish Galatians, you bite and scratch each other, be careful that you don't finish each other up. So we are called to love one another is an important thing in our church. It's sad because sometimes in the church today, we have caused it up a lot with the giftings of people and impressed by the giftings of people. And forgot that those giftings without love, they're useless. And some of the best love gifts are done behind the scenes. Some of those best love gifts in our church are people that we don't see here in the front. We've got people that sit here in the back room doing sound where nobody sees them, nobody knows they're there, nobody cares they're there really. But those are the people. That gift is important because without them we would not be able to do what we're doing. We've got people at the back who are praying and nobody knows who they are. People who pray for our blue cards and nobody knows who they are. I cannot tell you who they are. We have a list of them that have chosen, given their email addresses, send me the prayer requests, I'll pray for them. It's because they love, they don't expect to be known and to be shown. That's the love that we are talking about. Our worth and our value is not just in our influence It is not just in our self-sacrifice. It is not just in any other thing that we do. We find our value in the family of God when we live in love with one another. Then we find our value. We find our significance. Then Paul goes on from verse 4 and starts to unpack the nature of this love. He lists some qualities and things that this love is all about. He reminds us here that the emphasis is not upon that what love is, but what love does. So we we are moving on, moving on on this sermon. I will be going on the next few weeks showing you what is it that love does. Working together, not only showing you, showing myself too, what is it that love does we have heard what love is but the most important thing now that we're going to move on to in the next few weeks is what does it do because love behaves in a certain way and the more we exercise and we do those things the more the muscle grows just like in the gym the more i lift the more the muscle grows. just like in eating the more I eat, the more my tummy grows. <laughs> so the same thing here. What we practice is what comes out stronger. I've walked through a book with some young adults that says feed the dog. It speaks about two dogs. The example is that there is a dog here. Um, I'll use any colors. They use different colors. There is a green dog and there is a blue dog. They're born at the same time. They've got the same genes, just different colors for you to kind of like see they're different. And each time you go, come doggy, food for you. And you put food down and you stop the green dog from eating. You let the blue dog eat. And the blue dog eats and eats and eats. What happens to the green dog? It wears away. What happens to the blue dog? Oh, Yeah it's like me (laughs) so what i'm saying to you is that what we do not do what we do not put into practice eventually wears away and becomes weak but what we put into practice becomes stronger and so first corinthians 13 shows us the things that we need to put into practice so that our love for one another will shine and be stronger And therefore, our gifting and all those things will work in conjunction to build the body of Christ when we are loving one another. The questions that I have for you today as we end, the worship team can come forward. What does it look like for us as Broadway to to love one another in a way that we are taught in first corinthians 13 what will it look like what are the practical things we're going to be answering these questions but i want you to be thinking about these questions for you as a person for me as sims what does it mean for me to love with agape love how do i apply how do i apply these truths that we heard today as they were read in 1st Corinthians 13 my words that I say to you today if you don't remember them I am glad but if you remember what the word of God that was read here today said I am excited so I want you to remember well, how will I apply these words that were read here today by the craft family truth is something that is applied Truth that is simply lent and put in our head is useless until it's channeled through our heart, hands, and feet. And then it becomes truth. Same thing with love. Love that is idealized is useless. But love that we know about and drops in our heart and we experience it and we give it out, then that is love. That's what we are called to do. So I want to encourage you today, as we are going to sing together. How can you love this person sitting next to you today? How can you love the person sitting behind you that you might never have before said hello to them? Or the person sitting in front of you that you might never as well have, have ever said hello to? How might you display that love for them, the love of God today? That's how we'll be known to be his disciples when we love one another well. People should come in here and experience our love for one another and ask, how does this happen? These are people from different places with different views. They look different, but they love one another. And then our answer would be only Jesus can take all those different people and put them together and make a family out of them let us love one another this morning but let it not be something that we do only this morning Let it be something that we practice in our lives to grow that muscle of loving one another well and again remember this love is not about how we feel it is a choice that we make and i request that we make that choice As you think about how to love somebody else today, make the choice for yourself to love as Christ loved. Then he will be lifted up and he will draw many to himself. God bless you.